0: Hi, I'm Nick Forster. This week, we're going to feature a show from our 2008 season, Great Music and Conversation. And it starts right now.
1: From the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town with this week's guests from Texas, Rackham Recording Artists, Joe Ely and Joel Guzman environmental activist and author, John Jaffna. And from California, Columbia recording artist, Jacob Dillon. I'm Helen Forster. Right now, please join me in welcoming Nick Forster. Thank you, Helen.
0: Welcome to E-Town where we get together every week. We listen to some live great music and we hang out and we talk things over just a little bit. We have a real, diverse range of voices on the show this week, world travelers who are paying attention, who are writing along the way, and kind of like the old Sesame Street shows, this program is brought to you by the letter J. (laughs) We've got Joe, Jacob, Joelle, John, and and more all on the show this week. Uh, Our first guest is the leader of the platinum-selling, Grammy-winning Band the Wallflowers. He grew up in L.A. Started as a songwriter, musician as a teenager, and uh, is really finding his voice as a singer and writer these last few years. He's a hard-working musician who has just released a sparse and uh, really beautiful acoustic record of original songs, mostly recorded up at Rick Rubin's house in Hollywood. We're happy to have him with us. Would you please welcome to E Town for his first visit, Mr. Jacob Dylan?
2: Shift all night. Now bees make a honey while making mine. Good men are busy all the time. Now I've been working double shifts all night. My line of work will suit me fine. Split that apple, I'll chuck that rind. Right. Or pull no wishbone. That ain't dry My line of work Which suits me fine Now sweet you ramble Sweet you roll All through the bedrock Of my soul oh, i got more good luck Than I'll ever use All day and all night Like a muse. fat face farmer off of my land Cross me twice And you'll understand Hold me and you but know we're more than friends Fat-faced farmer Off of my land See how high Your monkey jumps Peel that fruit back Now give me some Just let this evening Do what it does and see how high your monkey jumps. I'm gearing up now to get small. I'll do it big or don't do it at all. Ain't got no baggage that I can't use all day and all night like a muse. on back to work they say Oh, pull your hammer high and straight I'll oh, lay your boards out drag that rake and get on back to work they say Give what you got, return what you use Now oh, tell me young man whose dog are you Got bigger secrets than you do All day and all night like a muse fine, my line of work will suits me fine, my line of work suits me fine, my line of work will suits me fine.
0: Hey, uh, Jacob don't thanks for being here. I want to ask you about this acoustic record that you just made. Do you write mostly on acoustic guitar?
3: On this record specifically, yeah. But often, in often general? It's, uh, guitar and piano. Yeah. But this one, specifically acoustic guitar. And being so sparse, having to be kind of,
0: you know, such a kind of revealing production, does that make you nervous at first, not the big band thing?
3: No, you have to work differently knowing that that's all you're working with. And, yeah. you know, I, I haven't in the past thought of my voice as another instrument as much as something up front melodically, but I was more aware that I could use it a little differently on this one and tried to put as much as possible in the vocal and the lyrics. That's all I had to work with. Yeah. Is that the guitar you use? It sounds like you're using like smaller guitars with old strings. You're right. No, this is not a guitar I used. <laughs> no, those ones don't travel as well. Yeah. No, those are the older Martins, the Triple O's. You probably, yeah. I'm sure you know that one. Yes.
0: Um, and Rick Rubin, we hear about Rick Rubin being like this genius producer for pulling out the essence of these artists and writers and the records are, you know, that he's been doing lately are, are pretty sparse. Can you give us a little insight into what he does? What's his
3: special sauce? I think what people respond to with, from him is that he recognizes very well performance. And I don't think he's too caught up in the wizardry of studios and you know, whiz-bang and tricks and all that. I think he really is looking for a performance, especially with this type of record, since that's all I was really interested in doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, his guidance was, you know, was fantastic for me.
0: You know, the themes, I mean, there's lots of... It's a real-life kind of record. There's songs about real stuff going on, you know? Some some war, some uh, fear, some love, some hope, some scary stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, does being a dad change your songwriting, thinking about what's coming for your kids?
3: Well, I was a dad a long time ago, so... but. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I've never been asked if it's political or if, you know, everything is political and everything for me is just about humanity. I'm concerned and interested and right. disturbed as much as anybody.
0: Yeah. You know, for a long time you've been making uh, an effort to kind of create a line of demarcation between your life and your dad's life. Making this record, do you think you're crossing that line a little bit, aiming more into that acoustic folk music land? Is that something that's going to invite comparison or, or uh, connection in some way? Uh, yeah, I hadn't thought
3: about that. That's interesting. I wish you'd called a few months ago. Ouch, Fred. Somebody should have said something. Too late. Something. Yeah. Uh, Too late. No, Oops. you know what? I'm not. Th- I'm not that worried about it's it. It's less I was of worried a thing. About it, I would have to probably find. You know, I mean, I could drive a tractor. Maybe they wouldn't. Right. What else am I going to do?
0: No, I understand. Um, it's just great that any of us can find comfort in the hand that we've been given. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So um, you're working pretty much this sparse thing. I know you're going to be doing festivals and working a lot this summer. Wallflowers are still lurking.
3: Yeah, we're doing stuff this summer too. Fred yeah. here with me behind uh, plays, uh, he's in the Wallflowers, and we got shows as well this summer. Yeah.
0: So you can, you can find time to keep both things it all. healthy. All right. I can, all right. Yeah. Well, listen, um, you know, I'm glad you stopped by. We'll get back to music. Okay. Welcome back, if you would, Jacob Dylan.
2: What doesn't always have a shape? Almost never does it have a name. It maybe has a pitchfork, maybe has a tail, but evil is alive and well. I might walk upright from out of the inferno, maybe coming horseback through deep snow. It's ragged and fat, and it's hungry as hell. Evil is alive and well. Now evil is alive, evil is well. Evil is alive life, evil is well. No, on your feet to the towering yell that evil is alive and well. Maybe too humble. May have the blood soaked or in its teeth Smoke-filled skies, bees in the well And evil is alive and well Now maybe in a palace, maybe in the streets Maybe here among us on a crowded beach Maybe asleep in a roadside motel Evil is alive and well Now evil is alive well, evil is alive. Evil is well. On your feet to the tower and yell that evil is alive. It's well down in every ditch, up on every hill. It's well. I've got my radio on, drowned in the bell. Midnight's done, the day won't start. Now all I ever gave you was a broken heart. Was hard to admit, but it's easy to tell. Evil is alive and well. Now evil is alive, evil is well. Evil is alive, evil is well. On your feet to the towering yell, That evil is alive, and well
0: Jacob Dylan, along with George Reef on the bass and vocals, Fred Eltringham on the drums and vocals. The CD is called Seeing Things out in Columbia Records. That's Jacob Dylan live on stage at E-Town from back in 2008. We will be back with more music and conversation after a short break.
1: Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, or SCFD, one of the largest cultural funding mechanisms in the United States, supporting nearly 300 organizations in the greater Denver area. You're listening to E-Town.
0: Nick Forster, you're listening to E-Town. <laughs> Jacob Dylan's going to be back later on the show. And coming up, uh, Joe Ely and Joel Guzman and author John Javna. The J-Fest continues, so to speak. But before we, um, we bring those guys out, we're going to find out about this week's Achievement Award winner. Every week, we get to learn about somebody that uh, uh, one of our listeners tells us about who is inspiring them in some way, someone in their hometowns who's looking at a problem and actually taking a step towards solving it. These are great stories, and here's Helen to tell you about this week's winner.
1: Thank you, Nick. This week's listener nominator is Teresa Sinclair of Johnson, Vermont. She tunes into E-Town on The Point, and she's nominating another Teresa, Teresa Snow of Walcott, Vermont. Uh, Now, that Teresa is the co-founder of a nonprofit gleaning program. For those of you who are listening who are unfamiliar with that term, because it is kind of an odd one, it's basically the uh, practice of salvaging perfectly good food from the fields that would otherwise end up being left there to just rot, basically. Then they get that food to hungry people. So it's a real win-win process, saving tons of good food from going to waste while feeding those who need it the most. And everyone, from the farmer to the hungry, benefit along the way. Now, Teresa's waiting on the phone at her home in Vermont to tell us how it all works, so please welcome this week's The Achievement Award winner, Teresa Snow.
0: How are you, Teresa?
4: Oh, I'm great, thank you.
0: Teresa, let me ask you, how did you get interested in this gleaning uh, concept? Where did you get the idea?
4: Well, it, it developed over time. I've always enjoyed being outside and was exposed to farming in my childhood with my grandparents' dairy farm and enjoyed my mother's garden with, uh, you know, eating peas and fresh raspberries. Um, I went on to college to study natural resource management as well as sustainable agriculture, and I did a short stint with AmeriCorps where I was exposed to the concept of gleaning with a half-day service project Mm -hmm. where we gleaned outside of Washington, D.C. So... You know, I returned back to Vermont, continued to work on a market farm, decided that I wanted to, you know, empower people to realize that they could have some control over, you know, their own resources, and growing food is, is a very simple thing.
0: Hey, um, help me understand why the food is left in the field in the first place.
4: Um, c- consumers tend to be picky. If they're spending their money, they kind of want the top quality product. So the only thing that really makes it to market is high cosmetic quality, for mm-hmm. one, Farmers often also plant in succession, so lettuce can be planted several times per year, and if their next succession is ready to go, well, then they move on to that, and that leaves their first planting available Mm -hmm. for gleaning.
0: So you go and you you can actually salvage food that would have otherwise been useful, but it's either blemished or it's not the uh, crop rotation, the timing is off in some way, and then you gather it up, and then uh, what do you do when you get it?
4: We distribute it uh, on the local level. We also supply it to the Vermont Food Bank, which is the only food bank in our state, and they supply it to all of their agencies.
0: Mm-hmm. And Helen mentioned that the farmer benefits too. What's in it for the farmer?
4: Well, for one, the farmer can receive a tax credit, um, as this is a nonprofit project, and okay. receiving a donation of this product, they can claim the value of that donation. We also help by bringing volunteer crews onto their field. We help increase the awareness that that farm is there and what that farm is capable of supplying to their local community. So we're building that consumer base. We also introduce people to the idea of farming and that it is a possibility to work on farms. So Mm -hmm. hopefully building a labor force as well as showing how glamorous the farming life can be.
0: Well, in, uh, in some cases, it is pretty glamorous with some of these farm subsidies, but I don't think that's what we're talking about.
4: No. Uh, no, but we have some really beautiful farms with quite romantic, uh, I think, settings and uh, home lives.
0: Right. I mean, a lot of people have no idea where their food comes from, so just the simple act of connecting them to the farm and letting them see where this stuff is grown can be a very powerful thing, especially for kids, I think. Yeah. So who's actually picking up the food? Who's doing the gleaning?
4: It's a very grassroots effort. We've had volunteers that have ranged, you know, from three years of age to 80 years of age. And last year, I think we had just under 200 different volunteers. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah. And we've also engaged the Department of Corrections in their Offenders Work Program and the Restorative Justice Program, which works with at-risk youth. Mm
5: -hmm. And
4: I think they come out to a field and they think, this is really different. And wow, all this food would just rot. And they really rise to the challenge and learn and reiterate what they've observed.
0: Hey, Teresa, when did you start doing all this stuff? In
4: 2005.
0: Do you have a sense of uh, how much actual food has been gleaned and distributed since you started in 2005?
4: Uh, About 100,000 pounds. That's 50 tons, tons, roughly. And most of that has happened within a 100-mile radius.
0: Wow. So that's a lot. Teresa, what's the name of your... You must have a name for all this, right?
4: Yeah, it's Salvation Farms.
0: Salvation Farms sounds very religious.
4: Yeah, and a lot of people question whether we are a religious-based organization. We are not, and a lot of people also wonder, are we a farm, and we are not.
0: Doubly misleading title.
4: Kind of. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Hey, um, I think it's a great story, and I appreciate the fact that you just decided to do this. You decided to walk away from a fabulous career in farming. (laughs) and yeah. uh, actually just you know, harvest food that would have otherwise gone to waste and help people who really need it. So we're gonna send you a framed Achievement Award certificate in recognition of your efforts. And I just want to congratulate you, the winner of this week's Achievement Award, Teresa Snow, Salvation Farms out there in Vermont doing good stuff.
5: Great,
4: I appreciate it and I'm honored and thank you so much.
0: Thanks, Teresa, and thanks to co-founder, Jen O'Donnell, Great. thanks for being with us.
1: Great, thank you. Thanks to our nominator, Teresa Sinclair of Johnson, Vermont. Both she and our winner, Teresa Snow, will receive a gift bag filled with great stuff, plus our compilation CD... Bluegrass Roots, the best of bluegrass and more, live from E-Town. For our listeners, if you'd like to make an Achievement Award nomination, learn more about some recent winners, or if you've tuned in late and you'd like to hear the entire conversation, you can do all that on our website, etown.org, or write us the old-fashioned way at Box 954, Boulder, Colorado, 80306.
0: Thank you, Ellen. Thank you, Teresa. So, Jacob Dylan's going to be back in a bit to play some more music. And coming up, the author of the most famous book about the environment, John Javna, is here to talk about the uh, sort of revisioning and uh, early challenges and subsequent fixes of his book, 50 Simple Things You Can Do to Save the Earth. But first, I want to tell you about our next guest. So, Texas is a place where storytelling has a long tradition, but even a great Texas storyteller could not make up Joe Ely's story. Uh, his dad and grandpa both worked for the railroad, so trains were part of his uh, comfort zone, along with that flat, wide open, wind-swept Texas skyline. Growing up in Lubbock with the spirit of Buddy Holly around every corner, watching Jerry Lee Lewis play on a flatbed trailer in a dust storm, riding his motorcycle down the halls of his high school on the first day of his freshman year. Hitchhiking and riding freight trains and and, uh, chasing down the ghosts of his musical heroes and East Coast, West Coast, uh, working Ringling Brothers Circus and almost getting trampled by elephants, teaming up with his uh, high school friends to become the Flatlanders and make a record that became a classic, writing songs on his own, touring with the original cast of Stomp art shows, installation piece for the Museum of Modern Art in Munich, solo records touring, recording with The Clash, sharing the stage with folks like Paul McCartney and Bruce Springsteen, helping Stevie Ray Vaughan get a leg up, uh, fighting the IRS, (laughs) putting a band together that, that rocked harder and truer than most, touring the world, making record after record, writing books, acting in plays, raising a family, and always coming back to Texas. It's a, it's a pretty good story. It's a still ongoing and, and very strong story, and I didn't make any of it up. Uh, he's a poet and a performer like no other. We are very happy to have him back with us, along with the amazingly talented Joel Guzman. Welcome, as we continue our Letter J Festival, Joe and Joel, Joe Ely and Joel Guzman.
6: I want to get Nick and the E-tones out to help us out on one. Come on, Nick.
5: Well, it's cheek
6: to cheek and it's face to face If I told you once, I told you twice East is east, west is west Fire is fire and ice is eyes And that wind gonna blow tomorrow Just like it blow today so Someday when your bones turn to dust That wind's gonna blow in the burning coal we
0: Hey, it's, really, uh, it's a really nice treat for us to have you back. This is getting to be a habit that I can get used to. You're coming up to E-Town. You've been doing it a long time. Oh, man, what a pleasure yeah. to come up here and play. Um, I got weary just introducing you, thinking about all the stuff you've done. and uh, You, know, you make sure... me tired thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> and you had a book come out last year, too.
6: I did. I had uh, the journals that I kept in my guitar case gradually kind of turned into kind of road stories and... Uh just gradually turned into a book. I, I yeah. never planned on it, but it, it's another one of those right. things. Right, don't plan and way. just get out of the way and a bunch of stuff happens. Just get out of the way, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, some of the stuff is pretty, I mean, it's pretty direct. Obviously, it's less filtered than it might be if you were writing a song and maybe less labored, but it's pretty transparent in terms of its political comments or social comments or just observations. Uh, well, see, I never
6: expected anybody to read it so I could write anything. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this, uh, I like these two right here. I don't know if you can read them or you want you,
6: to. You read them. You read Me read them. them? Yeah, you read them.
0: Um, all right. Once again, America fights an invisible foe. A word, an idea that has no idea of what it is. The enemy is faceless, without an army or a name. An enemy who has no country cannot be bombed into bits. The military always suggest force over understanding, with no concern over damage done. Blind fools, don't they know that war breeds war, that the offspring of the dead breed a new brand of hate? You know, that's a, yeah. that's a song.
6: And you, you read that very well, I have oh yeah, to say. Oh, yeah, thank you, yeah.
0: And I just want to mention one other thing, which is, in the 70s, when I moved to Denver, there was a bunch of Lubbock and Austin refugees who were living in Denver, and there was this whole sort of spiritual, meditating, honky tonk, beer drinking, uh, seeking going on, you know? It was, it was songs and playing bars and, you know, doing it. But it was a quest.
6: Yeah, it was uh, nudist, Buddhist, Baptist. <laughs> And there's a little bit of that in this
0: thing. You just, uh, you know, here's a kind of a cosmic verse from the book of Nudist Buddhist Baptism. Uh, The road breeds potholes. I'm losing my mind. That is, until I realize I have no mind to lose. I travel inside and find the place where everything and nothing harmonize. In circular breath, my weariness does vanish, dissolving into waves that rise and fall with the boundless sea in a sphere of blue floating in time through a universe of space. Brothers and sisters, (laughs) if you'll turn to page 275 in your hymnal, uh, (laughs) we shall be joined in singing. And then then came another pothole. (laughs) I just... uh, and I don't know, I mean, there's a million of those in this book, but for me, it's just uh, it's great to see, A, that you're paying attention and speaking out in a feisty way, and B, I love seeing those telltale signs of that cosmic nature, that some of that West, it must be the West Texas sky, maybe, I don't know what it is. It's that uh, lack of anything else, you know? Right. <laughs> well, we'll get back to music. Welcome back, if you would, Joe Ely, along with his great friend and great musician, Joel. Yeah, hey, I forgot one question I was going to ask you.
6: Go ahead. <laughs> Did you ever write a song about a chihuahua? Actually, I've written two songs with the word chihuahua, and neither one of them were exactly about a chihuahua, but I just used the word in both the songs. And it's a pretty good word. It's a good word. Is it I've, one word? I guess it is. Yeah. It's one word, yeah. I've, I, I was never that... Uh, I never cared for the dog that much, but I really liked the word, you know? (laughs) This song came about, a friend of mine, Kimmy Rhodes, walked up to me and just gave me the snake eye, just looked me right in the eye and said, if I could teach my chihuahua to sing. And then she walks off. And I said, what am I supposed to do with that? And so I tried to forget it, But for the next two weeks, everywhere I went, that that phrase followed me around. So I finally had to finish the song. Oh, weary me, I'm broke as a man can be. My bills are all due, I got holes in my shoes. Bill collectors, they won't let me sleep. If I could teach my chihuahua to sing I could make cash registers ring What a sight to behold her She could sit on my shoulder And a whimper in harmony If I could teach my chihuahua to sing What a wonderful world it would be I'd take her to the border Teacher out of order, margaritas and fajitas, senoritas would (laughs) pray. Circus is coming to town. Telephone lines are down While the tightrope they're stretching My puppy is a-fetching The tin cans all scattered around If I could teach my chihuahua to sing The whole world would live in peace Instead of them fighting Everyone would be writing Love letters to senators and police If I could teach my chihuahua to sing brave new world it would be I'd take her on my back
7: all the way to Iraq
6: and bring home the soldiers and stop this old war
5: <laughs>
6: If I could teach much you why would I sing What a beautiful world it would be I'd take her to the border And teach her out of order Guacamole and pisoli And feel holy and free La, 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 la Yeah Let's get Helen out There you are We're gonna we're gonna do a song uh, that I, I learned at an early age uh, from a great uh, songwriter named Towns Van Zandt. We're gonna we're gonna let those potholes just go by the roadside.
0: Guzman on the accordion and vocals, along with E-Tones, Christian Teal, Chris Engelman, Ron Jolly, Helen Forster. The CD's called Live Cactus, out on Rackham Records. Mr. Joe Ely and Joel Guzman. Thank you, Joe Ely, Joel Guzman, along with the E-Tones. We will be back with more music from Jacob Dylan from our 2008 season after a short break.
1: This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. You're listening to E-Town.
0: I'm Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who are hearing E-Town on stations like WKGC in Panama City, Florida, on KUSU, Utah Public Radio throughout the state of Utah, and on KCHW in Chihuahua, Washington. As usual, if you want any more information about whatever we're up to here at E-Town, lots of stuff is online at etown.org. Thanks for tuning in. We have more music from Jacob Dylan coming right up, but first, before we get back to music, I want to tell you about uh, our next guest. Back in 1989, John Javna put out a slim volume called 50 Simple Things You Can Do to Save the Earth. It was the right message at the right time and soon became a smash hit. Number one on the bestseller list went on to sell more than five million copies until uh, the author took it out of print in 1995. Now, with the help of his kids, one of whom is with him this week, uh, John Javna has released a new version under the same title. He's here to tell us about it. Please welcome to ETEM, Mr. John (laughs) Javna. John, thanks for being here. Thank you, Nick. Hey, so you were kind of ahead of the curve. 1989 was not like the first time anyone had ever thought about trying to make a difference, but uh, it was early. That's right. Next thing you know, uh, it's a hit, number one, the New York Times bestseller list. After
8: a period of time, you started rethinking the first edition. Well, it was quite a surprise to me. You know, I published the book as well as wrote it. I hoped that we would sell 11,000 copies so we could break even. And it was pretty much of a shock in the day that it was on the front page of USA Today and in People magazine. And on ABC News. (laughs) My wife looked at me and said, this is really happening. But I hoped that people would take it seriously and do something with it. It seemed like people were going to, but after a few years, it seemed like we're just repeating the same thing. And it's important to go past the entry point for second and third and fourth step. And it didn't seem like people were doing that.
0: You don't want people to think that by bringing their own grocery bag to the grocery store or recycling their plastic bottles that, hey, everything's okay. It's cool. I'm doing the thing. I'm bringing the bag to the grocery store everything's fine. That's right. So you took it out of print. Obviously, it would have been very successful. So you had a lot of freedom. You decided to raise your family. You moved to Oregon. And then, uh, as I understand it, it was actually your kids who kind of, you know, woke you up about the fact that the job wasn't quite done.
8: That's right. Um, My daughter, Sophie, who's here today, um, said to me, hey, dad, why aren't we doing more for the environment? And I started to give her a sort of cynical answer because I had gotten sort of cynical about it. You, know? you of all people. Well, that's right. You know, but I waited for people to do more, and it didn't seem like people were. And I started to give her that answer. You know, well, it didn't matter if you recycled. It didn't matter if you had a cloth bag. And then I looked at her, and you know, it's one thing to talk about the future and the future generations. It's a whole other thing to have the future looking back at you. And I just stopped dead in my tracks, and I said, "No, this is not enough. I have to do more." Mm-hmm. And so we decided to work together on reworking the book in a way that would give people an opportunity to do more. In case you just joined us, you're listening to ETown. My guest is John Javna, author of Fifty
0: Simple Things You Can Do to Save the Earth, and his daughter Sophie. And how old are you, Sophie?
9: I'm fourteen.
0: Fourteen. This was a few years ago when you gave your dad a hard time for being cynical.
9: Yeah, uh, actually, it was just after I'd seen the movie, An in Inconvenient Truth, actually. Oh, yeah. Which is how a lot of my friends and stuff uh, who have been interested in the environment, that's how they got started, too. And I From just, seeing
0: that movie.
9: Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, well, the movie kind of wakes you up if you right. haven't seen it. And even though I haven't been around that long, only 14 years, it got me noticing things. Right. But you don't want to look towards the negative side. That's what a lot of people do, and that's how they get stuck. And so really what you want to do is look towards the positive side and say, well, we have this problem, we have this kind of mess that we need to clean up, and we have to get started now. And I think that's a really important thing for my generation to know, because this is our world that we're inheriting, and we want to make it good to live in.
0: So what happened? You said to your dad, okay, hey, there's something more we could do for the environment.
8: And uh, he he woke up and came back with a new take on the book. What happened is we decided that there's got to be a way to move people off of the entry point, you know, the second, third steps. And if we understand more about what the environmental issues are that confront us, then we can do something about it. Mm -hmm. And we realized that you don't have to get the whole thing in order to see the big picture. You can take a bite-sized piece. You can take one issue because... Every issue is connected, every issue. The DNA of every environmental problem and every environmental solution is in every single environmental issue we take, no matter how big. Uh, I noticed that one of the E-Town slogans is community. And really, the power we have is community. Mm -hmm. Things have gone too far for us to do things alone. We have to do it together. And so the new book, it's a shift. Rather than 50 things, it's like
0: 50 choices. Choose one, dive in, embrace it, commit to it collaborate with people in your community, dive in a little deeper. Fifty issues. Yeah. Fifty issues. That's right. right. cool. Hey, you know, we're a show that's about issues and music, and uh, I understand that uh, Sophie's kind of a good singer.
8: Well, she likes to sing.
0: Yeah. Can we get her to sing a little bit? Is you, that have you have to ask Sophie. Sophie. I'll ask Sophie. Sophie, what do you think?
9: Yeah, okay. Do <laughs> you want to do Walking After Midnight? Okay.
0: Um...
7: Go walking after midnight Out in the moonlight Just like we used to do I'm always walking after midnight Searching for you I walk for miles along the highway Well, that's just my way Of a saying I love you. I'm always walking After midnight searching for you I Stop to see a weeping willow crying on his pillow Maybe he's crying for me And as the skies turn gloomy night will whisper to me. I'm not so I go walking after midnight out in the moonlight just hoping you may be somewhere walking after midnight searching for me.
0: 14 years old, thank you guys for stopping by. John Jovna and his daughter Sophie from up in Oregon, the new version of 50 Simple Things You Can Do to Save the Earth. All right then, I think, uh, you know, if we were worried about how the next generation is gonna handle things, I I think we can relax a little bit about that. We're in good hands. Please help me welcome back, if you would, once more, Mr. Jacob Dillon and the Gold Mountain
3: Rebels. Thank you guys very much.
2: Thank you, Mm E-Town. I made a promise to not let go Our tug of war has only made me want you more I steeped in hard luck and doomed to roam My love is braver than you know My forefathers, they were this land I was schooled in the tyranny of nature's plans. No dress of thunder, a cloud came around. Oh, in the shape of a lion, a hand came down. Damn this valley and damn this cold. It takes so long to let me. If I could catch me one Now Sunday, Monday and Tuesday's gone It's got me stone cold silver in a drought so long Boarded mansions and ghosts fill the yards Now there's a boy in a water town counting cars Steel trap open, empty stalls. Now oh, there's a well-worn saddle, but the horse is gone. Oh, damn this valley and damn this cold. It takes so long to let. let cool. go.
0: Jacob Dylan, one with George Reef on the bass and vocals, Fred Eltringham on the drums and vocals. CD is called "Seeing Things Out" on Columbia Records. Just a great sound. That's a treat to you. We got time for one more song. I want to thank everybody for being on the show. You know, this is a song Joe Ely worked with and recorded with the Clash, and this was also the Clash was one of Jacob's uh, favorite bands growing up. So. Got a little something special for you. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks to Joe Ely, along with Joel Guzman. Just a great sound, great combination of sounds. Thanks to John Javna and his daughter, doing their part to spread the word about what we can all do for the planet. Sophie. Our award winner, Teresa Snow, salvaging food in her gleaning project. Thanks, Teresa up in Vermont. Thanks again to Jacob Dylan and his band and Helen. The E-Tones, thanks all of you for coming and staying in E-Town. We sure appreciate it. I'm Nick Forster. Hope you can be with us next week right here in E-Town.
1: This is a production of E-Town.
0: Okay, there you have it. Jacob Dillon, along with Joe Ely and Joel Guzman, John Javna and Teresa Snow. We are so lucky to be able to mine the deep archives. That was from our 2008 season. I'm Nick Forster. Thank you for listening.